Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. On today's episode, we're talking about a genre favorite for both John and I. That's right, it's supers, the heroes, the men and women in tights and bucket boots, fighting crime and keeping lots of little things in lots of little pouches. The book is 2005's With Great Power. And you know what? Insert your own Spider-Man joke there, because I may not have much. Not since fever took paw and the bank done foreclosed on the grain mill, but goddammit I have my dignity. It's System Mastery. And welcome back. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by my host, John. Yeah. Wait, no, we're in my house. Fuck that. No, you're, I'm your host. <laughs> be my host. Be, be my host. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, it's a ghost. Make me some cinnamon toast. <laughs> uh, now get me a book on ghosts <laughs> and a marshmallow on a silver plate. I'm I would love that the most. <laughs> I'm loving this song. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song about the two of us. And the things you like, or at least you liked as a child. And, and the things that I definitely like in the narrative we have crafted about my childhood. <laughs> it, it kind of bums me out that your childhood is a narrative on the show where mine is straight up just truth. <laughs> like, I, like I actually was a feral child who didn't know his own name. I was basically Logan for my youth. <laughs> yeah, no. Like we created a bit for me and yours is just like the sad documentary that someone shows you. Right. Raw, painful footage, the kind of thing that a brony would have to insert Twilight Sparkle into to understand. Uh, so sad. <laughs> so, John, as is my custom, how the heck are you? I'm good. I'm all full of dessert for my free birthday dessert at yeah. the Chillis. Happy birthday. You did the right thing leaving me out of it because you knew I had no monies at all. Yeah. Yeah. What was I? I'd be just sitting there looking sad. Be like, no, no, you guys have a fun soda. Oh, it's okay. Oh. You have a fun soda. Where did you think we were going? I, I'm pretty sure you went to Raisin Canes. Is that <laughs> is that correct? Nah, it's not. Where'd you go then? We went to the the. Well, I mean, it was just uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, I'm sorry. I had my various like fa- slightly up from KFC chicken restaurants confused. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was it was Thursday, so it's seventy five cent boneless wing Thursday, <laughs> so you can get like twelve boneless wings for what you would normally get the price of like four of. So oh, that is a pretty good it's, deal. It's fucking great. That's great if you're a big fan of boneless wing. It is. Yeah, I'm a fan of boneless wings. I could have had one boneless wing and maybe half of a fun soda. <laughs> a fun soda. <laughs> you know, I'm getting older and older, like at, at a much <laughs> faster pace. You know, like today when you referred to it as the sex. <laughs> when was the last time you had the sex? <laughs> you boys having the sex? <laughs> 23 skidoo, I say to that. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait until you get actually old. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I won't. Oh, don't worry. I'll just die. I'll stay this way no, forever. Uh, well, I mean, sort of, in the sense that I will begin to molder and my body will rot. <laughs> As happens to us all. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight myself to stay alive for an additional 18 years past this point and no further. After <laughs> no the, further. Yes, yeah, so Sage is off on her own. <laughs> Here, I have presented you the world, and now I must take my leave. <laughs> Discard my shell as you would a cocoon, you butterfly. <laughs> uh, toss me into the ocean like so much plastic garbage. 
That's all I ask of my my funeral. Please throw me in the ocean so I can go out the way that uh, Killmonger went out in Black Panther. Thank you. Please tie several car batteries to me and throw me into the ocean. Yes, I would like to destroy the ocean a little when I go in. Yep. Please uh, make my casket out of out just of six as I pack made rings. the world worse. <laughs> I would like to make the ocean worse. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> pa- pack me full of six pack rings. Thank you. <laughs> the book is called. With- <laughs> With great power, an obvious reference, of course, to the famous motto of uh, the Spider-Man comics. The Spider-Man. The Spider-Man, who occasionally has the sex with the Mary Jane. (laughs) Yeah, and that occasionally kills her. (laughs) It does. And then the devil has to come along and undo it or whatever. I don't keep up with modern uh, Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Spider-Cop, Spider-Cop, radioactive Spider-Cop. I thought you were saying Spider-Cop. Both of us have been playing a lot of a Spider-Man video game. Re- uh, uh, some, yeah, Spider-Man some, video some game. undetermined Spider-Man game. Who knows what be, Spider-Man video game we could be talking about. Oh, it could be any of them. The old Activision and Treyarch ones from the PlayStation and PlayStation 2 eras, respectively. Hey, man, I had the ultimate Spider-Man, and that was a pretty good one. Spider-Man and and Venom versus Carnage for the for the Super oh, Nintendo, yeah. the Ultimate Carnage video game. Yeah, the one that had the uh, soundtrack as written by Green Jelly on it. Oh hell yeah, the one that had a uh, the cartridge was red. Yeah, it did indeed have a red cartridge because all the foes were just recolors of Carnage because it sucked. <laughs> it was just a bad time for everybody. <laughs> Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge, perhaps the worst video game with Spider-Man in it. Oh, most definitely, I would say. Yeah, that game is atrocious indeed yeah so uh anyway with great power is a 2005 game so this is a little modern for our usual review sensibilities it's a little modern and boy howdy does it show (laughs) it's okay i want to get this out right now Mm -hmm. now i've mentioned this before but we get accused a lot of hating crunchy games because we rip into that shit a lot no i don't like my games crunchy i like my pig crunchy i don't like my games crunchy i'm too old for that i need it soft yeah. i want a smoothie of games if you will i like my pigs crunchy <laughs> and, and nothing else thank you the uh, also radiant yeah i like my pigs to be some that yeah that's some, some pig. pig yeah <laughs> but you know, even when we say like oh maybe you might want to try fate for something or one of the less crunchy systems Mm -hmm. this game really wanted to lean into that whole like fate level of aspects and whatnot yeah there's no crunch in here this is a smooth peanut butter of a game oh my god it is it's a lazy river it is just intolerable for me reading this it's amazing how angry i got at this game for a game that has so little game in it well okay we might as well start by talking about you know, the theory of where this thing came from and how it came into existence. Oh, this I don't is, even need to I, have a theory on it. The I back know. of the book has an acknowledgments and where it came from. Oh, it does? Okay. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't look back there. But basically, here's here's the thing. This book came out in 2005. The The, the wonderful game Fate came out in 2003. Yeah. This he, is a heart... This is a fate breaker, is what this is. I mean... He has an acknowledgments and like where he got the ideas from in the last couple pages and does not mention fate at all. Which is probably for legal reasons. I was like, that's gotta be bullshit. I mean, he mentions Over the Edge, he mentions... Ah, Burning Wheel is mentioned back here. Yeah, he's got a lot of games that he's like, oh yeah, this is some more modern sensibilities. Oh, Robert, uh, Ralph Mazza's Universalis. Yeah, so there's a lot of games back there that, like, okay, you've heard of that. It's fairly popular in a 
a bit recent because they would have been recent from like 2005. Oh, here's a here's a fun toss off to uh, celebrate John Wick's Orc World. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a lot of Orc World business in there mm-hmm. for the acknowledgments. But he's like, oh, I got the idea of aspects from definitely not fate. You're like, okay, sure you did. Uh huh. Because this is very fatey. <laughs> this- just this has a real stink of fate on it. Like, you write down what your aspect is, and your aspect takes damage, and boy, howdy, this is fate. (laughs) But sure, (laughs) say that you got it from over the edge. That's fine. So, okay, the first thing that really separates this game from other games like it is that it doesn't use fudge dice or regular dice in any capacity. Instead, it is a card game. Uh, You use decks of playing cards. it's a CCG. It's a CCG. We forgot to mention that it's a CCG. And not an RPG at all. We're just reviewing with great power the old CCG. We made that same Car Wars mistake that we made the one time. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Too late to change it. Oops-a-daisies. Fuck it. We're doing it anyway. So you can't say tap in this game because Wizards of the Coast has that license. They got that on lock. So instead, you have to engage your cards by turning them 45 degrees to the left. No. Uh, so oh, use decks of regular old playing cards with the Jokers removed. No, with the Jokers in. I'm sorry, with the Jokers in, but that card with that the tells- rules removed. With the rules removed. <laughs> yeah, you take that card that tells you how to play card games out. Yeah. The one that tells you the value of poker hands. That's the, Take that out of yeah, there. Yeah, that card's out of there. The one that's just like an advertisement for some reason. Take that out of there. Now, notably, you have to use a lot of decks of cards to play this game. Like, if you're playing with just two players, like, you need four decks of cards. I mean... It's like the heroes have a deck. Each hero has a deck. The GM has a deck. It has a deck for each player or something like that. No, it's uh, heroes basically have to like share a deck unless you get multiple people. Yeah. And then the the GM has a deck and then the GM has an auxiliary deck. So if if you have one or two players, there are three decks in play plus one villain deck and one auxiliary deck. Yeah. And if you have four players, then there are four decks in play, plus one villain deck and two auxiliary decks. It's just nuts. So you need a lot of decks of cards, and it also advises you that each deck of cards should have a distinctive back and pattern to it, because you aren't supposed to mix them together, really. And they will end up mixed together, because they'll they'll change hands a lot, so it should be easy to move them back to their regular decks by the end of the game. Yes. So you need a lot of decks of cards to play this. Yeah. Man, that's much more of an ask than, say, having like, oh, you needed you know, 10 six-sided dice. I'm like, yeah, I can get that for like a couple bucks. Asking me to go get like 12 decks of cards is a little much. Well, it's, I mean, it never really gets above like six decks of cards, but still it is kind of a big ass to be like, all right, you have to go get six different back decks of cards. You're like, okay, well, I I can go to 7-Eleven. Ah, shit, all I have is bicycle. Yeah, well, I can get two. So I'll have to go to Trader Trader Joe's and get their- Yeah, I'll have to go to Trader Joe's. (laughs) And get their unique branded deck of cards. Obviously, I can stop by a, like a Vons, and I'll get Vons' brand. I'm gonna need to stop cards. by the local uh, porn store and pick up one of those decks where there's topless ladies on every card. Oh yeah, I'm getting that titty deck. I need that Dutch deck. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it's a deck where it's just different pictures of Dutch from Predator. It's different <laughs> pictures of Dutch from the movie Dutch. <laughs> it's, it's different pictures of characters named Dutch. <laughs> Any every suit is a different Dutch. Also, there's an entire suit, diamonds, which is just given over to pictures of Dutch people. None of them are famous, and you can't prove it. Just windmills and tulips and shit. <laughs> Upside down turtles, the 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 official symbol of Dutch people of Dutchland. Of du- I was about to say Deutschland, and I was like, oh yeah, wait a minute, that's a thing. That's a different thing. That's Germany. I'll need a different deck of cards for that. I also have, I mean, I have 
a couple unique decks of cards because Kevin Simbita mailed them to me. Yeah. So I have a few Palladium decks. I guess that's a thing. Yeah, I... I don't think I have any decks of cards anymore. I used to have at least one, and that's gone now. I think I might have four regular decks of playing cards, because I'm pretty sure I have those two Symbita mailed out Palladium decks, and then I have one of those wheels for playing poker with, you know, that's got the chips around it. Yeah, I love that wheel. Yeah, the poker wheel, which which I never use, because whoever plays poker, really, at home anymore. Nobody. It used to be fun to play poker at home, back when everyone played, like, five-card draw. Now it's all fucking Texas hold them all day every day. And well, now like, it's everyone shows up and they're like, "Ooh, I'm a I'm a professional gambler man now because I watched the World Series of Poker once." Yeah, I'm gonna k- strap a bunch of crap to my head so you can't read my emotions. We're playing for fucking matchsticks. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who wants to raise these stakes a little? <laughs> my my dude. <laughs> Please do not. <laughs> all right. So the book starts with. The first thing you need to pick to play the game, which is which duality aspect will re- represent the game at the entire table. Uh, they have a couple of options that they tell they, they recommend for you, but you don't have to use them. Uh, this kind of sets the tone for what the story of the game is going to be about. Uh, the options that they recommend are responsibility versus freedom, ideals versus practicality, personal need versus responsibility, and, and so on and etc. Yeah. Uh, this is an immediate problem because you need to select this for the entire table. And it's just one pick for everybody, both the villain and all the heroes. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things where you look at it and you go, okay, the idea of trying to balance a duality is a fun idea for a superhero. I mean... Basically, every superhero has at least something they kind of struggle with. Yeah. But it's different for different ones. I mean, if you do the, all right, we're doing justice versus vengeance as our theme for this uh, entire like game that we're doing for this set. Like, okay, but that's fine for the dude who's playing Batman. Like, obviously, he's going to have a lot of conflicted ideas about justice versus vengeance Mm -hmm. but i'm playing superman and i I don't have vengeance i just have justice and this isn't a thing i give a fuck about (laughs) you can't play as supermans it's the no supermans club you must be at least this batman to enter yeah it's just him and moon knight in there (laughs) but then you start playing you're like oh what is this one oh we're playing the uh the man versus the mask but i'm playing as batman and the man is Bruce Wayne, and I do not give a fuck about him. He is just a tool in my belt. Yeah, that's just the no Batman's club. You have to be at least this Spider-Man to enter. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a real shame, because if that was a personalized thing, instead of having to be, this is the theme for the entire adventure, mm-hmm. it would be a lot... It would be a little more difficult as far as the way the game plays for setting up the structure of it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, meh, who cares? Like, well, giving two more little duality things per character, whatever. If I wanted to convey a narrative through the course of this review, it would basically be that you can only use this book to play one game over and over again. That this book is basically 200 pages of instructions on how to force four people to play solitaire with you. It's real weird. And this is the first blow in that. Yeah, it's, guys, you need to conform around one thing uh, please do not have any characters that wouldn't go along with whatever dumb thing we're doing. Yeah. Now, uh, the last one is also something I would love to play a game of, which is Tolerance versus Prejudice. Yeah, man, that's that, playing like the X-Men or something. I guess that, yeah, I, I could see that. Although, usually, it's not about their choice to be tolerant or prejudicial. It's about how the world treats them. Well, yeah, but I mean, you also have the do I, like, do the Magneto thing where now I hate humans? Or... Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, But he's, he's just a villain for them. There's very few X-Men who are like, wait, uh, am I super on board with Magneto's plan? I fucking hate humans. I can see it as like tolerance versus prejudice being how you play Mark Millar's Batman. 
No, I mean, there's or Frank Miller's Batman. Which which Miller am I thinking of? I think it's Frank Miller who's the one think, who lost well, his goddamn shit, right? Yeah, well, if you're if you're talking about the horse, horse, horse writer, then yeah, that's Frank Miller. Yeah, <laughs> we'll kill you if you write even one word about how women are whores. No, man, all he writes is about whores. Horse, 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 horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now this leads right into one of my favorite other things that I really like to talk about in this book, which is the uh, examples of play that are scattered throughout here. First of all, they use four the, the same four recurring characters for every everyone is a little play uh, act dramas. Yeah, I and, mean the examples of play are one adventure it's not like oh and yeah. here's a different session where they were doing a thing it's literally going through one session the entire book yeah now i only wanted I, i'm not going to bother john to distraction today i'm going to try and be a good co-host and and help out which means i'm not going to read every single one of these verbatim while he shakes his head at me yeah but i am going to read the first one at least a little of it because i feel like i really want to convey what it's like to read this book <laughs> just the first one even though there's like 40 more so here we go grace we first have to decide on what our hero's struggle is going to be. What thematic issue are they grappling with? Nate. But first of all, let's set this aside. Nate fucking sucks. Okay, every single example that has Nate in it, you're like, why did you let this guy at your table? He is a dickbag. Yeah, Nate. Theme, I thought we were going to be playing a superhero game, not going to English class. Grace, it's not English class. It's just that for a story to be interesting, the characters need to have problems to overcome. So we need to decide what kind of problems they have. Deanna, do you mean like having family problems or love problems? Nate, or drug problems? <laughs> it says he snickers at him and then he gets glared at. Yeah, he throws the snickers at them. <laughs> he throws snickers at everyone. Ah. Well, I thought we all hated Nate. One size. Ah. <laughs> it's the worst snickers. <laughs> It just goes on like this for forever. Uh, listen to this. This is how it ends. Uh, I, uh, Steven, I can work with ideals versus practicality. I think I've already got an idea. Nate, show off. Grace, ideals versus practicality is a great struggle. Are you sure you're okay with that, Nate? Nate, sure, sure. When do I get to pick my ideal powers that get practically everything done? Uh, uh... This Fuck is, you, Nate. This is not written in a very human-y fashion. This kind of feels like it was performed, like all the entire story of their adventure sounds like it was performed by like some uh, group that's just uh, built to educate teens about the dangers of smoking. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like 100%. This is an improv troupe that came to your elementary school and was like, hey, kids, let's learn about fire safety. Hi, Bay Pike Bar Park High. We're the Informanauts. <laughs> <laughs> you might think it's cool to smoke. But what if smoking went something like this? Go Bay Park Rangers! I'm going to celebrate their win by smoking a marijuana-style cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a regular cigarette, but it's marijuana-style. <laughs> After that, I'm going to have the sex, like my hero, Jeff. Ah. <laughs> uh. So everything is read like that. Like it's a bunch of people who walked out on a stage to a peppy dance music number and then and then immediately and defiantly turned all the chairs on the stage around. <laughs> Guys, let's rap. Let's rap for a second. Smoking drugs just isn't cool. That's a way to be a fool. <laughs> uh, yeah. God damn. Yeah, the examples in this, even if the examples work to like, oh, okay, this explained a thing. I still just hate everyone involved. Oh no, you just you just don't like them. Even though Nate's clearly the worst of them, the rest of them are just as bad, really. Well, Nate is just there just there to be the puppet uh -huh. for like, all right, let's have one person who's always just antagonistic to everything happening in this book. 
Yes, yeah. He just doesn't seem to like this game very much. It would probably be better suited playing something else. Oh yeah. But they never. That'd be amazing if they ended it that way. Like in the middle of one of the things, which is like Nate, let's let's have a quick conversation. I feel like you don't want to be here. You, you'd probably be better off playing Pathfinder or something. I'm not saying that in a mean way to Pathfinder. I'm just saying it feels like you're looking for a crunchier, more traditional RPG experience. So you know, leave. Nah, pulls pigtail, runs away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the the idea of getting your theme for the adventure, I mean, technically happens first for the adventure, though you'll probably have a hero before you go into it if this is an established game. Well, the next thing you need to do is start your aspects. Now, this is the first time we're introduced to a kind of mantra that this book goes through over and over again, which is called scripting, penciling, inking. Yeah, and it's... Basically just a, all right, come up with an idea for a thing, mm-hmm. then the penciling is Sharing it bandied with the about, yeah. and then inking is actually doing it. Yes, and it's basically like the three-step process to how to roleplay. It's, it's uh, in this scene, I'd like to punch force majeure in the face. Okay, well, let's start by scripting. The script is that in this scene, you would like to engage physically with Force Majeure uh, with the, and what's your end goal in this situation? Because scripting should begin, should include both the beginning of the scene and the end of the scene. I stand triumphantly over him with my fist smoking. Uh. Smoking a marijuana style cigarette. <laughs> That's my power. <laughs> I'm fist he- unhealth. <laughs> my I'm, fists both smoke badly. I'm MJ Fist. <laughs> Fistazema is the disease I suffer from. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fistazema. That's what I like to do at every party in the 90s. Fistazema. <laughs> Why do I keep drinking these? They're gross. Oh, man, no way. Zemas are delicious. I mean, if you're like a 16-year-old <laughs> <Yeah>. and me. <laughs> or, you know, now and me. <laughs> yeah, I can go in as far as the wine coolers with you, but Zima, I do not care for the flavor oh, man, of. Give me that Zima. Give me a nice Smirnoff ice. I, I can do a Smirnoff ice as long as it's got a funky secondary flavor applied nah, to man, it. The, tr- the traditional ice. No, not me, man. That's not my. That's not my place. That's not my jam. <laughs> uh, I started on harder alcohol. My first time ever drinking was just doing shots of Jack mixed with shots of peach schnapps. Ew. And, and I mean alternating specifically. It was just two fisting them. <laughs> Ew. Just like how you would two fist Zimas back in your college exactly. days. Back, yes, that's right. In my college days, how I would wander the campus with Zimas. Yeah, I used to play Edward Zima hands, where you had to tape a had to tape a Zima to both your hands, and you couldn't get him cut loose until you drank both of them. Yeah, it was real easy. <laughs> they're small. They're just little bottles. How come no one ever serves up a nice forty of Zima? Come on, where's my forty of Zima? Pour little Zima out for your homies who you don't like. America, where's my forty of Zima? <laughs> I'm going to pour a little of this 40 of Zima out for my weak, shitty homies. <laughs> for the homies I didn't particularly care for. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. So that's penciling. That All that shit we just said, that's penciling. Uh, and then inking is, well, guys, my idea is that I'd like to punch force majeure and then my fist smokes a doobie. And, they, and then they go, oh, I think that's cool, but also what if another thing happened? Also, what if your character learned the dangers of smoking marijuana? Nah. <laughs> and then, it, and then it, it also during the uh, or 
the I believe that the uh, penciling phase is also when you do the card exchange for like whether or not this is going to work, and then inking is is the final scene and actually how no, it looks. No, inking is you actually do the yeah. Is that it? And then you still do the card exchange you after do the that. Cards with so inking. so we're talking like a five step process to do anything in this game. Yeah, you 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 well, have to. I mean, generally they give you the process, but it's still just going to be the same way you do anything, which is. Hey, I want to do this, mm-hmm. and then if anyone objects, they do that. But then you just go on with the game. Yeah, although they've they've codified it, so it looks like a five step process. Yeah, which is think of a thing, share the thing, make the thing official, roll cards to see if the yeah, thing roll them, roll them cards, <laughs> roll them cards, and then have the sex. <laughs> I went down to Vegas and I rolled the cards and had the sex. <laughs> now I'm one of Satan's friends. I don't feel like I believe you. <laughs> uh, you should believe that I'm one of Satan's friends. We're good pals. I have this t-shirt. It's got like a leather motorcycle cut that just says Satan's friends on it. <laughs> Satan's buddies. And it's just got a little chibi Satan on the back. He's just holding a beer in one hand and like doing a thumbs up with the other. Hey! hey! <laughs> oh, man. That makes... That- Means now that we need to start a Friends of Palpatine motorcycle club. That is true. That we need we need leather cuts with Palpatines. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> Zima. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I haven't made it forties because I'm the emperor. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I'm I'm on the empire side now. <laughs> Fuck it! <laughs> uh, you got me. You got me good, Sheev. I'm a stormtrooper now. <laughs> That's all it took. <sighs> okay, so. <sighs> That's the con- for uh, building characters. You also need to do this penciling, inking. Uh, sorry, I've got this backwards. Scripting, penciling, inking thing. Because what you're going to need to do is pick out some aspects and build your character around those aspects. Now, there's oddly enough a difference between what your aspects are and what the aspects in the game are. Mm-hmm. You have what's called a scratch pad, mm-hmm. which is sort of your character sheet that has anything you could care about. Yes. So, you know, all of your characters' relationships and motivations, uh, their superpowers, whatever it is, all of it goes onto a sheet, but in a given game, you might only use, like, three of them. Yes. Now, when you're building your character, you don't need to build all six of the possible aspects that you're engaging, because you should have six of them when you go into a game. Somewhere between three and six, I think, is what they want you to have. But you don't... Uh, you don't need to take every single one of them that's on your scratch pad. You just need to have those. And there are certain ones that you need to know about when you create your character in the first place. Uh, you start with assets, which is things like powers and, and relationships and so on. Well, yeah, you've got assets, which is like actual things. So you might be like, oh, I've got Iron Man armor. And this game very much does not care what your powers are. No, the powers are basically just a window dressing for how you describe a thing because Mm -hmm. if I have just Cyclops's power and I'm like, what can you do? I can shoot I beams. Okay, great. You have I beams and that's an aspect. However, if I'm Superman, it's like, what do you have? I have flight and vulnerability, I beams, cold breath. I've got super hearing, super sight, telescopic vision, x-ray vision, all that. Amnesia kisses. Don't forget about amnesia. I can throw a cellophane S at people. Yeah. Makes them fall down briefly. All of that could be under one aspect, which is just last son of Krypton. Mm -hmm. That's your entire aspect. And anything you would do with that is just, that's my powers. But it just works the same as any other power aspect. It's really, it, it really doesn't matter. A lot of what that makes the book feel like is whenever you hear those uh, people who make TV shows about superheroes describing how the powers aren't important. You know, they're like, yeah, we're not really all that focused on Flash's running ability. This, is, this season is dedicated to his relationship with his dad. And you're like, uh, 
but but he that that's the point of the character is he's got to go fast. He, he has to go real fast. You see, <laughs> he, he runs real fast. Yeah, he makes sonic booms, sonic booms, sonic booms. <laughs> yeah, and he saves the planet from disaster. Yeah, he's running around at the speed of sound. <laughs> he's got one way to go. He's got to follow his rainbow. <laughs> I know the lyrics to far too many Sonic the Hedgehog songs. <laughs> Two uh, is far too many. Yeah, I mean I know three, but the other one's a a, a, a Knuckles song. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I <laughs> sexually attracted to this bat? Here I am in a canyon looking for gems. This is very unusual. I better rap about how I'm in a canyon looking for gems <laughs> and my weird, confused feelings towards Rouge the Bat. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, assets are mostly just stuff that you got. So mm-hmm. whether it's powers or items or... Yeah, uh, I forget what the other one is. It it's, could be... Uh, origin. Is, yeah. uh, origin and identity are also asset abilities. So you could have things like... Uh, Last son of Krypton, and then another asset might be like Clark Kent, uh, yeah, reporter, yes. or fueled by a yellow sun or something. If you wanted to have your power yeah. origin be separate from, they mentioned that you should only have one power uh, asset or aspect for however many powers you have, unless specifically your powers come from more than one source, each of which might be important to the story later. Yeah, because all of your aspects can be sort of imperiled and damaged mm-hmm. if. I have like all of my powers coming from a yellow sun, then I don't want to have different aspects for each power because the origin, if someone's like, oh, I do a thing and I hit you with a red sun generator, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, at that point, it's just damaging my power source rather than I have to pick which individual power gets hit. I mean, you can you can justify it pretty easily using Wolverine. If you do the storyline where Magneto rips out Wolverine's adamantium skeleton, he still has all of his powers. He just doesn't have his adamantium skeleton. He still has the scent and the regeneration and everything. Yeah, that would be That's... an example of, in a game, someone devastating his origin. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, okay, well, we devastated the Weapon X origin, so now you don't have adamantium anymore. But you still have uh, your Logan. Your healing and your Which your, is your power. Your actual power is healing claws and, and power scent and whatever other nonsense they've added to him over the years. The ability to radiate waves of rage that scare off ghost chickens. Yeah, that's very specific. It is. It's from one episode, one of the New Mutants things, I think. Okay. Or X, I forget which one of the a bunch of mutant kids it was. Which is the one that had like husk and skin and... and uh, what was that? Generation X? Yeah, that's the one. It's yeah. from that. Okay. Lobo comes to visit, or Lobo. Yeah, Lobo, yeah, Lobo comes Lobo to visit. Lobo comes to visit. <laughs> Lobo comes to visit, by the way, has got to be what the Lobo movie is called. <laughs> uh, and we need that deep voice guy from Everybody Loves Raymond to be Lobo, just because I really want to hear his voice. Oh, wait, because he was that voice on Justice League Unlimited. Well, there you go. That's why I want that. that that's, that's why I subliminally wanted that so bad. It is. It's yeah. true. Brad it got, Garrett. It got up in your meats. It got up in my brain meats. I'm the main man. Just want that. That's, I'd come to visit. <laughs> <laughs> Lobo, who's coming to dinner? <laughs> Sadly, Peter Boyle is dead, so we can't just make Lobo into a Ray Romano storyline. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my dreams live on somehow. Oh, Lobo! <laughs> Lobo, can you kill my wife? <laughs> no one likes Deb. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, bastard! <laughs> bastard! <laughs> Jatotten monkey bird. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. on. No, nope. that's dark water. I'm sorry. Whoops. I got I got my fantasy curse variations mixed up. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna pick your asset stuff, and that can be a bunch of different things if you want it to be. So like motivations. Tony, Tony Stark might have 
like his armor and Avengers Tower and Jarvis and a bunch of other things. Yeah, and Spider-Man might have bit by a radioactive spider as one power origin and the other one being super scientific geniuses and others. So yeah. unless you want to have him do the organic web shooters. Which and then you can also you, give him a relationship of Aunt May. Yeah, you can do your relationships with like MJ, Aunt May, all yeah. that. And your motivation of comes great responsibility because your uncle go, uncle was killed or whatever. Oh yeah, you got motivations for being responsible mm-hmm. and trying to help the little guy. And then his uh, his uh, duality aspect he would prefer is the man versus the mask because he, his, all of his stories are about him failing in his personal life because he has to be Spider-Man or vice versa. Yep. And there you go. That's how you'd build a Spider-Man. Well, this game really wants you to build a Spider-Man. It I mean, it's really called, wants you it's to. It's called With Great Power. I mean, I it's, know, but unfortunately, it's like, oh, you can play a Supers game. No, you can't. You can play a Spider-Man game. Yeah, you can play it. You can run, You can build a Spider-Man comic book with this game, provided you know someone who can draw. <laughs> uh, and then there's one other thing. It's assets, motivations, and... Uh, relationships. Relationships. Yeah, which we mentioned earlier is, is a thing you can do with Aunt May. Yeah. Now, after the, you build your, your aspects and choose them and write them all down, uh, you're, you're not going to give them a, 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 a level yet, because each one has damage levels that go from one to six, where one is primed, as in this is part of the story now, and six is devastated, which is this aspect of yours is so beaten up in some way that you can't access it anymore, and now that the DM has it. Yes. Um, but the uh, but you also need to do the scale of the aspects. Yeah, and the scale doesn't affect anything outside of the way you think about it. So it goes from personal, so like, okay, I have a relationship with uh, Aunt May. That's a personal level. Aunt May doesn't really have any clout. Nothing's going to happen if Aunt May, like tries to do something like, oh, Aunt May had a bake sale. That's a very personal level thing. Nothing's really going to happen with that. Yeah, now it goes from personal to cosmic, where cosmic is, you know, like... I'm Doctor, or I'm Adam Strange, and I have a relationship with the with the uh, entity known as Eternity. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, the descriptions that they use when they when we visit him with the Bay Park info informants are stupid. They're not very good at describing what these aspects are. They're like, "What's the level of your power, debris?" Uh, I think it's cosmopolitan because I use it to protect the city. It's like, okay, but could you use it for more? I don't know. I think about that. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're at the municipal level. That's right, you could, municipal. You could probably destroy a city block if you wanted to. <laughs> I like the idea that it's municipal because you could potentially destroy municipal things. Yeah. Like, oh, I have municipal level powers because I could take out a recycling bin or like a public pool. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, what's this? Uh, this is my motivation, and it's at a national level because I want to be the very best, <laughs> the like be- no one ever was. But only in this nation. <laughs> The very well, best in America. <laughs> well, that's because he wants to unite all peoples of this nation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pokemon. Uh, yeah, so you got to do the scales, which is only so you get some personal information or feel for your powers at what levels they're at. Uh, honestly, I feel like it's a very skippable step. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit for the GM to be like, okay, do you have a relationship? Like, if you say, oh, I got a relationship with a politician and I haven't really fleshed it out. Mm-hmm. But if you go, the difference between a municipal politician and a national politician of being like, oh, you are you know, like, a local mayoral candidate mm-hmm. or you know, like, the president. Although, if you actually have to divide it up by a municipal versus, like, national level, you have to ask yourself if certain people work one way or the other. Like, say, for example, a lot of people know that one, that Joe Arpaio guy, that dipshit sheriff of Arizona who's just... You know, a real piece of trash. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the worst. People all over the country know about him, but he's a municipal-level fucking dude. Yeah. He never had all that much relevant power, and he's going to die a shitty old man. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Where did that come from? Jeez, Jeff. I'm sorry. And when he dies, I'm just going to turn all that hate onto that joke, that Clark dude. What's it? Clark? Yeah, Jeremy Clarkson. That's yeah, Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Fuck him. Fuck I don't know if guy. I've I don't know if I've come out about this before, but fuck that guy forever. Am I right? I've never watched a single episode of that show. Well, he's the I think he's the known asshole of that show, so it's fine. <laughs> known public asshole. Yeah, he's the one who like punched his producer. Oh, okay. I was thinking of that other sheriff that's like a rabid weirdo from from another state. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Something Clark. Nottingham. Sheriff of Sheriff Nottingham. Sheriff of Nottingham. Thank you, of course. Uh, specifically, the version of him from uh, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. I <laughs> I really want that version. <laughs> the version where he was the only person in the movie who knew what kind of movie this was. Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Or I'd also take the Sheriff of Nottingham from the Disney's Robin Hood movie where he's just a fat old fox with a southern accent for no goddamn reason. I love it. Criminally, Nutley. Point what? that pea shooter the other way. <laughs> like he's just waiting for the Duke boys to stop oh, by. Oh, yeah. That's, That's basically all he is. Yeah. He's Boss Hog as the <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham. He's a fat weasel or something. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Back on track. Here we go. Uh, there's a question here of why do other players get to pencil so much of my hero? And it's, you know, because this is supposed to be a cooperative game. So when you make your characters, you have to sit around in a, in a drum circle and hold hands. Yeah, there's, I mean, I've seen a bunch of this before in other games where it's like, oh, you know, what's a cool relationship that this character could have with you? Or why do you know whoever? And it's a good way to tie things in together. Though, honestly, that doesn't happen in this game. Mm -hmm. Like, instead of it being like, oh, uh, you all need to have, like, relationships that kind of intertwine. Like, okay, it's your Aunt May, but Aunt May runs, like, the local food shelter that you volunteer at so you both know each other. Gee, like, it's some kind of Spider-Man video game. It's like, some kind of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Some kind of surprisingly very good Spider-Man game that's still getting bad press because Spider-Man is like too nice to the police in it or something. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't, you know, the problem, people are like, man, he keeps fucking up drug dealers. Leave fucking drug dealers alone. I'm like, no, these aren't regular drug dealers. This isn't like one dude on the corner trying to sell some weed. This is like a gang of masked white guys yeah, with it's, machine guns. Yeah, they all have machine guns and they're on a roof for some reason. Yeah. Regular good drug deals don't go down on roofs. Yeah, no, this isn't a guy who's like, I'm just trying to get by selling some drugs. Check this pager. It's, it's not that, you know? It's it's ten guys being like, yeah, after we deal these drugs, we're going to go kill the mayor. I just made the super drug that when you take it, it blows your head up. Yep, that's what I did. Also, I works directly for the evil supervillain Tombstone. Yeah, it's, it is definitely not one of those situations where you're like, oh, Spider-Man's so mean to a guy just trying to make a buck. Yeah, it's very different. Uh, okay, so, sorry about that, but anyway, the last thing you do when you're building your character is what's called swapping back issues. <laughs> yeah, which is what I always look for when I go watch porn. I'm like, <laughs> uh, can you show me swapping back issues? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge. Don't kink shame in this show. I mean, it just sounds like two girls, one cup shit. <laughs> Yeah, two girls, one cup shit. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much another description of the movie Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> yeah. Starring Jeremy Irons and Matthew Broderick. <laughs> uh, I finally found scenery I won't open my mouth for. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, the swapping back issues thing is... It's just telling stuff about your hero before this. Yeah, it's so you have... Some sort of background. It's basically this book taking the whole. This is a, this is the process of making a comic a little too literally. 
the thing is, you read this, and it, like I said, it isn't really so much a role-playing game as it is instructions on how to think about writing a comic. It very much, like, this would be better if it was instructions on how to write a comic book than if it was a role-playing game. This yeah. is like, hey, do you have three friends and the three of you want to, or four of you want to write a comic book and you don't know how? Here you go. Yeah, because it's very much like, okay, here's instructions on, like, how do you make a relationship with someone? How do you think about someone's powers? All right, now if one of these things were to get endangered, how would that character react to that? And it's it's very much like, here's how you build tension. Here's how you make a plot. But it doesn't really do anything for the game because the game is the exact same every time of just, what is it? Uh, you're going to go through, you have these aspects, they're going to get fucked up, until you get to the end of the game, and then you'll probably win. Because yeah. the, the game starts with the GM having way more power than the players. Yes, but that balance shifts automatically as you move your way through the scenes. Here's the thing about this. When we're saying that it'd be a great, it's a great set of rules for how to write a comic book, it's a great set of rules for how to write the same comic book over and over again. Like the same number of page counts, uh, the same amount of panels on every page, which is seven, by the way. Uh, it, it's just, it's like how to write a Brian Michael Bendis comic. Uh, why you be so mean to Bendis? He has some very specific page layout structures he really seems to enjoy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying that his dialogue is extremely repetitive, although it actually very much is. Are you trying to say his dialogue is repetitive? Whose dialogue? Bendis. Who's Bendis? He's a writer. He has dialogue. Yeah, but what's his full name? Brian Michael Bendis? Oh, that Bendis. Why didn't you say so? And scene. <laughs> Let's do that again. Bendis? Who's Bendis? Bendis my balls. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Bendis my balls. <laughs> Bendis like Beckham. <laughs> hey, John, who's your favorite dwarf from The Hobbit? Because mine's Bofer. <laughs> who's Bofer? Bofer D's nuts. We've <laughs> been doing that for like a week. <laughs> yeah, it's straight up. The... These nuts jokes have not stopped. <laughs> uh, okay, so why don't we get into the two types of, of uh, scene that actually take place in the in the book. Uh, the first one is what's called an enrichment scene. Uh, in an enrichment scene, uh, each player takes a turn choosing one of their aspects that they would like to enrich, which means bring it into the story. Uh, they describe the situation by which that aspect would be enriched, such as setting a cast of characters in a location and, and, and uh, what they would like to see happen over the course of it. Uh, the, with the DM's approval, they then nominate players who are not going to be in the scene to play various NPCs in the scene. Yeah, like if I'm Spider-Man and I'm like, all right, uh, for this session, I really want to bring like MJ in as a thing that is part of my storyline. Mm -hmm. First, I have to do an enrichment scene that involves Mary Jane, and I will pick someone at the table to play her. Yes, now go. you can pick me for this. So this enrichment scene is you would like to meet Mary Jane at a pizza parlor and discuss your future life plans with her. So All right, now I'd yeah. like to meet Mary Jane. Can I get a suggestion from the audience for where we meet? Obviously a pizza parlor. Probably. I heard a theater with Abraham Lincoln in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, but I'm also going to need someone to play Abraham Lincoln in the theater. I'm going to go with uh, T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you do you uh, basically nominate other people to play the NPCs unless their character's present, which is a dual enrichment scene, which requires its own whole discussion. Uh, but 
Then you play out the enrichment scene with one goal at the end. Like, I would like the following thing to occur. Uh, the example they use is there's a superhero in the book, in the, exam- in the adventure that's being run through the book, called Debris. And Debris is a woman made of rocks. She used to be a cop, and now she's made of rocks. And that's her story. Yep. And uh, her, st- her enrichment scene is that she lives with her mom uh, out in the suburbs of a big city somewhere. Well, she has a brother that is a cop, mm-hmm. and the brother resents her not being a cop anymore. So the whole scene is, I'd like my brother to be, you know, one of my aspects that are used in the story. Yes. And uh, the brother is just like, ooh, you need to take better care of mom. She should move in with me. And so the whole stakes are, I want my brother to drop this. Mm-hmm. Or I want, uh, or, or my brother's going to take my mom away. Well, the stakes for the brother is, uh, mom moves in with me. Yes. Uh, and then you actually have to go into how the card resolution mechanic works. Now, uh, players have a number of cards in their hand that they draw at the beginning of every, I think it's game, because uh, your your cards are progressive and stay with you through the course of the game, and they get more powerful as you sit sit on them. Uh, the DM has a huge number of cards at the start of the game. It's like uh, as many as every player has. Basically, during a scene, it'll be like, all right, a player draws like five cards. Yeah. The GM draws seven plus four per player in the scene. Mm-hmm. So you might go like, oh, okay, Debris has five cards for this enrichment scene. Yeah. The GM has like 11. <laughs> yes. Now, this is how this works. All you have to do is set the stakes. After you have the little NP- the little discussion with your NPCs or your fellow PCs playing NPCs, you, you stop and you say what the stakes of the, of the uh, argument that's just happened or what the enrichment scene stakes are. The stakes in this case are, I want my brother to drop the subject versus... I want to take mom to the city with me. Yeah. Now, you, as the player, choose a card from your hand and put it face down on the table, and so does the DM. Then you flip and reveal the cards. If your card is higher than the DM's, you win the scene. If the DM's card is higher than yours, they win the scene. But wait, there's more. You see, the DM has twos and threes wild, uh, so that's that's super fun. I think it's it, also there can be as many as fours wild. Mm, for, the for the players, yes. So the DM starts at the very beginning of the game. Twos and threes are wild, which means it's almost impossible to be the DM, who has way the shit more cards than you. Yeah, and, and I mean, they have a ton more cards, and they have twos and threes wild. Now, if you lose, your consolation prize is you get the two cards. Yes. But especially as the DM, if you're like, okay, uh, I win with a three that's a wild. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you get to keep the cards. Thing is, it's just a three for you. It's not wild for you, so grats. It will be a someday. shitty card. You, it will be someday, however. It might be. It might become, because the way that the wilds switch is they stop being... Uh, you can turn wilds off for the DM and turn them on for the players whenever an aspect is fully devastated and taken away from a player. So, for example, if your aspect was your mom uh, that you had a relationship with and she lived in your house, and you kept losing arguments like this to where she got taken away from you, now she lives in the city, oh, now her Alzheimer's is flaring up, and now she's dead. Well, you don't get that aspect anymore. Well, I mean, dead is not a thing that will happen. <laughs> Dev- <laughs> devastated just means you're not in control of it. Anymore. I know. I, I'm just giving examples of levels that could occur that would that would move that thing up the track towards devastated. But when it's devastated, all it is is you don't have as- access to this aspect anymore. The DM does. But when the DM gets it, he can draw extra cards into his hand for having it. You, on the other hand, now get twos wild. And then three's wild for the next aspect that's devastated, all the way up to fours are wild. Yeah, the... And that's by you, I mean all the players. No, for you. Oh, is it really that? I thought it was a collaborative thing. No, it's per player. Ugh. Because the GM only loses access to their power as you move along scenes. There are five mm-hmm. uh, 
acts, basically, to any given comic book. Yeah, this book actually has a thing at the back called A Page of Conflict that is the exact comic uh, uh, thing that the comic, uh, the way that uh, a specific conflict always plays out. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so... Gab it a bit. Yeah, there's the story arc one. Yeah, so the way it works is... Uh, you have the enrichment scenes, like we said, and that's mostly just to bring your aspects into play. You can voluntarily fuck up one of your aspects in order to get more cards. Yes, you can. So if you're looking at your hand and you're like, all right, uh, I've got a shit hand and I really want to win, I can take something from like primed to risked and get a card or two. Yes. You uh, can also every, reverse that play. Well... Every level you go down, you get more cards. Mm -hmm. So if I go from, like, risked to imperiled, then I can get three cards. And if I go imperiled to... Uh, whatever's right before devastated. Yeah, whatever's right before devastated, you get four and so on. But then if you discard that many cards, you can also bring the level up. It sure is fun to try and remember all the synonyms in a game where all of the levels are just named, by, named after synonyms, isn't it? Yep. It's wonderful because there's also a level... Past Devastated, which is the DM's levels where he's trying to take it to Destroyed slash Transformed. Right. So once the DM gets a hold of one of your aspects, they are trying to then lower it every scene and take it from uh, something that's like, oh, this is a good thing for you, to being Devastated slash Transformed. And you get it back at the end, but it'll be something else. So it might be, you know, if they killed your uh, the mom that was going into the city then it might be okay it went Vengeful from memories of mom yeah it might have gone from a asset that was your mother to a motivation of like remembering my mom's good deeds or some shit yeah now i've got an arch enemy my whiny shitty cop brother who i nominated nate to play for some fucking reason don't pick nate <laughs> uh but that is going to happen during the other type of scene, which is an actual conflict. Yes, there's a few more rules for how actual card exchanges happen in a real conflict, where there's actually, like, fight stakes happening. Yeah, so, uh, again, the GM's going to get a shitload of cards, mm -hmm. and conflicts work really different than enrichment, because enrichment is basically, like, a one-card thing. If you tie for the number, then you have to raise the stakes and then play another card. Which is tricky, because it feels like it could be difficult to... It basically suggests that you should not set your stakes especially high, because you need to leave room to raise them somehow. Like, I'm not sure what, what the, I'm going to take mom away from you and move to the city. The next level is going to be like, also, she can't talk to you. Well, yeah, that was... The example they gave is, all right, he raises the stakes to, I'm going to get a restraining order on you. Yeah, and then what happens if they tie again? I'm going to have you killed. <laughs> I will have you arrested. <laughs> Bitch, I'll have you flayed. <laughs> so it's it's a little weird that you have to, and I mean, they tell you this, like, don't say, uh, my stakes are I win and I'm the president and uh, everyone calls me and says that I'm muscly. <laughs> like, have a, a realistic single goal. Yeah, yeah. You need to have a, a and, and uh, your, your reward for succeeding at one of these enrichment goals is that your aspect moves from blank to primed, the first Regardless level. Regardless of if you win or lose, it always yeah. goes to primed. Yeah. It's just whether or not the stakes happen in your favor. That's right, yeah. Primed is now the aspect matters for the purposes of the game. Otherwise, it's just sitting there until it's primed. Yeah, which means, for the most part, players are probably going to spend their enrichment scenes just throwing away their lowest cards, because yeah, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Yeah, you're just throwing trash, so it's always going to be that... Shit, bad shit happens. Like, this is such a Spider-Man comic generator. It's just, oh, bad shit happens to Spider-Man. Oh, oh no, he got fired from his pizza job. Oh, no, Scorpion's in town. Let's fight Scorpion. The end. 
Yeah, it's it's a lot of let's introduce all these aspects. Mm-hmm. Something is going wrong with them because you're obviously going to fail at the beginning. Yeah. And because the only uh source of extra power as a player you have is to fuck up your own aspects, mm-hmm. it means that if you want to do anything in this game, you have to use those motivations or relationships or whatever as fodder, mm-hmm. which ends up becoming this thing where in a normal game, if I was like, oh, I'm playing a game and we're going through the narrative and you know my mom has some problems and oh no, a villain came and now she's in the hospital and stuff like that. That might, as a player, make me motivated to do things. But as the player in this, you're the one doing it. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's saying like, oh man, I could really use three more cards. I guess I'm going to shove mom under a bus. <laughs> yeah, you have to describe situations where you would love for your mom to get injured or damaged in some way. A lot of it's just feeling bad about things that already happened. Like almost all of the art in this book, and there's only maybe four pieces of art in the book, are just heroes flying around thinking things. They're like, oh, what did I say to Jimmy? He'll never forgive me. Yeah, the... But that's all just shit that you've already done in a previous scene where you fucked up one of your assets. And it's, it's an annoying thing to me because it means all of those bits that would be really good role-playing fodder is mostly just, like, metagame powering. Yes, you're just grabbing cards so that you can you can matter when the game ends. Yeah. And you're still kind of hoping that you don't just pull a bunch of crappy cards. You're, you basically... And here's the other thing. The DM knows you're going to be doing that, too. Everyone sitting at the table has read this book, so they know how it fucking works, and they're going to be like, all right, the stakes are, I'm going to eat this pizza versus you're not going to let me eat this pizza. I put a four down, and the DM's like, I put a five down because, fuck it, I don't care if you eat a pizza. And your, your, your ability's going to get primed anyway. Have two trash cards, dickhead. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. But the uh, the weird thing for me is that it ends up being this odd give and take to that, and you you sort of want things to be devastated, but then, like, oh, that's how I get power. Except now you're just giving more cards to the the DM as well when you mm-hmm. devastate a thing. It's, it's, it's fucking weird. Well, the problem is that everything always seems to play out the same way. Like, whenever you're going to play this game, you can look forward to five rounds of of everybody taking turns, going and having a little mini-adventure where they talk to a mean dickhead because they picked one of their friends to be an NPC. Uh, and then uh, it all breaks down into a, into a couple of fights, and the fights are boring, and they always happen the exact same way. Who's got a high card? I play the high card. I win. Well, yeah, well, combat works different than... Yeah, if face values or, uh, start to matter as well. well. The, so the whole thing is... Man, it's got a weird thing. So you have a card that you put down. And whatever suit it is, Mm -hmm. you then describe how it is that you're using an ability and what it affects. Mm -hmm. So there's a list of like, this is striking, or this is using a power, or this is using a weapon, or this is grappling, or whatever it is. And then you have to say, this is either affecting a person, or a place, Mm -hmm. or like... A thing. A thing. Yeah, or a concept. Animal, vegetable, mineral. (laughs) So you can't change the suit unless you change what the type is. So if I punch a bad guy and the person who then has to respond is like, okay, well, I don't have a higher spade. So you have to spend two cards of a different suit in order to change it to that suit. 
But if they're like, oh, I just want to punch you too, you can't because that's the same shit that I just did. Mm-hmm. And you have to change suits. You have to do something else. Oh, for Christ. It's, it's also, by the way, in enrichment scenes, if you'd like to hustle through them and have people do two enri- enrichment scenes at the same time, like, oh, our two characters are fucking Fenris. We're brother and sister. We're going to do an, an enrichment scene at the same time where we talk to our parents. Oh, uh, okay, you can do that. But it makes the difficulties all higher by two. Uh, well, that's if you enrich two of your own things. Oh, is it? Okay, so, like, I was the, trying to... The thing in there was, I want to take like my love interest and my powers and enrich them both in the same you would never ever want to do it is the thing because the difficulty raise of two matters a lot in this game it means that every card below six is useless yeah and it also i mean the other thing is you may as well say oh my rich enrichment scene is all of my assets and i just get my loss of stakes out immediately that's true you could just do that you'd be like yeah i'd like to enrich all of them uh i'm gonna talk to my girlfriend about how i'm from krypton while uh, doing a, a feat of super strength in front of the police commissioner. <laughs> and nah, 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 nah. here we uh, go. And I play it too. What do you know? I lose no matter what. Great. Hey, whatever. Hey, everything's primed. Goodbye. <laughs> what are the stakes? Uh, if I win, I win a penny. And if I lose, I have to leave a penny. Well, the problem is you don't get to pick the lose stakes. Oh, that's true. Which means the other player can be like, oh, if you lose, you have to do a shitty dance. <laughs> oh, fine. I guess I'll do a shitty dance. <laughs> Everyone hates your shitty dance. Yeah. By the way, John, animal vegetable mineral that I just said a second ago brought up a side story that I want to tell you. Just, Good, just for fun. It's not like we've had enough div- digressions in this no. already. No, it's fun. People love digressions. I'm not reading all the shit in the book. Great. Yeah. I I was playing twenty questions or a variation on it uh, with some with someone at a game night the other night, uh-huh. and he did not understand the the animal vegetable mineral part of the equation. Like he was fighting with it for about ten minutes because he was like, "No, vegetable just describes like tomatoes and shit. It should be animal vegetation mineral." Wow, wow. Yeah, see, worth it. Wow to be wow, wow, wow. <laughs> That's that is some next level pedantry there. <laughs> like I kept telling everyone at the table was like, yeah, but that's the way it is in every twenty questions game ever. It's it animal vegetable minerals been kicking around since twenty questions was invented as a concept. And he's like, yeah, but it's stupid. But it was because the thing I had to get people to guess was picnic basket. And when he when he said it, or when someone at the table said, is it vegetable? And I said, sometimes he was like, oh, oh it's never made of fucking tomatoes and and, and squash and stuff. It's made out of reeds. That's not a vegetable. I was like, no, it isn't made of vegetable. It's ma- it, 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 it's veget. I guess vegetal would be better. What do you want? You know, <laughs> you know what it means. It means plant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's and bad. I'm so sorry for the digression. Thank you. Uh, what else do we need to get into here? So, uh, again, the Should way talk combat about- works is mm, sorry, yes. you have to do through one suit until you change it. Uh, when you change the suit, like I said, you have to put two cards down. But the high card is the lower of the two you play. Mm-hmm. So if I want to change to diamonds and I play a, a four and a ten, then now it's a four of diamonds. Mm-hmm. And you have to beat that in the suit or, again, change suit. If you ever come back to the same suit, you have to be able to beat whatever the high card currently is in it. Right. So if we had gotten up to the eight of clubs or whatever, changed, and then I wanted to come back to clubs, I would have to have essentially two cards higher in clubs in order to beat that to switch it back and also beat the high card. Uh, I'm sorry, I fell asleep in the middle of that. You see, this game is combining the uh, pulse-pounding action of comic books with the dynamic action-adventure of Improv Night mixed with Bridge. (laughs) It's... It feels like it would go very speedy because you're essentially going to look at your hand, go, all right, can I beat that? 
Yes. Okay, I do. Mm-hmm. No, I play two two cards of a different suit. We do this back and forth until someone goes, I don't have two cards or I don't have a higher card. You win the scene. Yeah. <laughs> if the GM wins the scene, then the players get to move along the story track. Mm-hmm. So the GM gets whatever their stakes were for the scene. But you take one of your cards, you put it on the little thing that says, like, Act 1. And when you beat Act 1, then the GM doesn't get threes wild anymore. Yeah. So you get to take a little bit of power away. I think by Act 3 or 4, you end up taking uh, black twos aren't wild anymore. Yeah. You can so never it's just complete, red twos. You can never completely strip the, the uh, GM of wild cards, but he always has red twos. Yeah, so red twos, and then everyone has jokers. Yes. But... You, at least as it goes on, like, you have to just lose at the beginning. In fact, you have to lose fucking five times, mm-hmm. no matter what, in order to finish this game, because you have to fill in all five uh, sections there before you can end. Yeah. Because a devastated, like, the the GM is trying to take a uh, power from each person, one aspect, mm-hmm. devastate it, and transform it. That's their plan. So you can't actually transform a devastated aspect until you go to, like, the fifth act. Now, to be be fair, though, the fourth act you can play over and over and over again if you need to. Oh, boy. Good. Uh, That one's called The Balance Shifts. Yeah, so you can keep trying to get more stuff. Yeah, because every time you win The Balance Shifts, you take a a whole deck of cards away from the DM. Yeah, because it can be like, all right, what do you have? Well, I've got... Like, my deck and an auxiliary deck and, like, three other auxiliaries, and you'd be like, all right, we're going to play balance shift so we can take away your auxiliary decks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, you can't beat the villain's plan because the plan is another aspect that the villain has. Mm-hmm. So even if you fuck their plan up, you can't defeat the plan until Act 5. So you're just sitting there going back and forth, describing how this narrative goes until eventually someone wins. Yeah. Now, I want to talk real briefly about the couple of things that are in the back of the book in this book for reproduction and use later. Oh, yeah. Like Um, penises and vaginas for reproduction. Yeah, there's penises and vaginas in the back of the book. And and gonopores and every other... Madripores. (laughs) Genoshas. Everything else. (laughs) Boys have a madripore. Girls have a genosha. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, baby. Touch my madripore. (laughs) Oh, the things I want to talk about, there's there's the uh, the story arc, which is basically the way that every story in this game looks the same, because you have to follow this rise and fall arc uh, system. There's the page of conflict that describes what each panel of a fight looks like. Like, in this panel, I'm standing over my foe because I punched him to the ground. In this panel, he hurls me into a nearby fire escape. And it has to happen the same way, and you have to fill every block as you make your way through it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's there's one that I thought was particularly worthy of talking about, which is... The Thought Bubble. Oh, yeah. The Thought Bubble is a concept introduced very early in the book. Mm-hmm. And used constantly throughout. And it is... It's, it's the, the conk from Lord of the Flies. Well, no, because it's it's not, I have the right to talk. Mm-hmm. It's just basically holding up a thing that says, like, out of character, or I don't say this out loud. Oh, okay. See, I thought it was, okay, use the Thought Bubble when you're doing this. Seemed to be a regular admonishment throughout the book. Yeah, but it's always, the Thought Bubble is... So my character gets to go, oh no, it's Pearl, and she's in danger. <laughs> but instead of saying it out loud, it's just what I think. Carol Ferris, what have I done to you? Robin, oh no. <laughs> uh, I'll show you how many bo- boners the Joker can make. 
Two. Two boners. Two boners. Me and you, Batman. <laughs> Two boners. That's as many as one twentieth of 40 cakes. <laughs> yes. One boner equals one fortieth of, of one fortieth of a cake. Equals <laughs> one fortieth of 40 cakes. One forty. Okay, so my boner equals an entire cake? That is correct, yes. Man, that is a thick boner. Yeah, it, the Joker made it. The Joker don't fuck around with boners. <laughs> the Joker gave me a cheesecake boner. Next on Maury Povich. <laughs> oh, I love that we're talking about the Joker's boners, and even though Batman's dick is the thing that's currently in the news. Oh, yeah. The, in the news. Like, literally, in the moment, in the news, in the now, is Batman's fucking penis. I've got my finger on the pulse of Batman's penis. <laughs> Look pretty nice. I don't know if you've gone and looked at the picture of Batman's penis. I have not. From what I heard, you can't really see much. It's shadowed. It's surprisingly well shadowed. Let's say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Same. I'm saying... My, my dick is surprisingly well shadowed as well. Yeah, in that you never take your clothes off for any reason. John's a never nude. I don't know if anyone knew oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, he showers in, in a full business suit. <laughs> which, weirdly, he only owns for the purposes of showering. Oh, yeah. It's what I change into. It's my shower suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see what we're doing. Oh, we can probably go to our favorites and least favorites. I just thought the thought bubble was kind of a fun thing that you're supposed to take a photocopy of and hold up when you're thinking out of character thought or, or in in your brain thoughts. Well, it really wants to. Again, it's mostly just a how to write a comic book thing because they're like, okay, well, what does your character think about whatever? What are you saying as you do this, but not saying out loud? Like, yeah. tell me the actual like panel structure and like if there's a little bo box at the bottom they have rules for like editor's note they do and also for splash pages and for opening di uh, narration that isn't connected to the overall story i'm surprised there isn't a part in here for questions to the editor oh there is oh is okay i'm sorry literally the end of the game is the letters section and it's either uh fan letters or uh pundit letters oh okay and it's either you go around and everyone basically has to write a fan letter where they ask questions and say, boy, I sure loved in whatever issue when your debris did this, but boy, how are they going to get out of the pickle where perjury discovered who the stalwart was? Greetings, true believer. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Thanks, your Merry Marvel crew. <laughs> yeah, so you have to... Just go around the table and do a bunch of fan letter shit, or you do the pundit ones where you're like, you know what didn't make sense for me in this story? What didn't flow was this. This doesn't seem like the kind of motivation this character would have. Excelsior, fellow fan. You're, you're winning a Marvel No Prize with a turd in it. I guess that kind of makes it a Marvel prize, depending on if you think a turd is a prize. I do. <laughs> I'm off and away. <laughs> I'm Stan Lee, and for me, every turd is a prize, because I'm 96. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that was sad. That my, made me a little sad. My last poop. <laughs> uh, I'm very sad now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made you sad about Stan Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, what was your favorite thing about this game? Uh, fuck. The... God, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, probably the favorite thing in this is... Uh, the idea of the multiple aspects with only a few being used, I actually like that specifically for, like, a comic book idea is very good. Because, mm -hmm. you know, not every Spider-Man story is going to have every single person he knows and every single, like, power and organization and whatnot. You have to pick and choose for the story. So you're like, okay, in this one, 
Uh, I'm going to have S.H.I.E.L.D. show up. And also the fact that I was bitten by a spider is going to be a thing. You're like, okay, cool. I do also appreciate the fact that this game lets you write down the many and varied aspects that any given like legacy superhero has. Like the number of things that define Batman's origin story and, and arc and, and, and uh, character traits and so on at this point is so long that you could easily use it to assemble six different groups, groupings that have nothing in common with each other and yet all describe Batman perfectly fine. And all you need to do is just pick some to put in and be like, all right, what's at play? In this story, what actually matters? Mm -hmm. You know, are we using the death of Jason Todd as a thing that matters in this story? No? Then it doesn't matter. It just stays on the scratch pad. Now, to be fair, if it is a movie about Batman, the death of his parents automatically does have to be featured. (laughs) Right up front. You're not allowed to not put that part in. You got to put it on screen. Don't just reference it. Put that motherfucker on screen. If there isn't a slow motion of pearls falling, then you made your Batman movie incorrectly. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's my favorite. What is your favorite thing in the book? Uh, I think my favorite thing in this book is, I, I mean, I kind of like the concept of enrichment scenes, the kind of an enforced way to get people to play things that aren't just another punch fest. Oh, I, I agree with you. It's yeah. a good way to introduce stuff and also go like, hey, Superhero games don't have to all be about fighting a supervillain. Yeah. I mean, I like them conceptually. I'm not sure I like them in execution, at least not in the way that the example in the book displays them. But conceptually, I like the uh, the way of... it. You know, uh, game designers for a long time have struggled with how to work rulings into a non-combat scene in a way that actually affects the combat scenes that are going to come later in a way that players care about. And in this case, I feel like they tried to shoot the, through that, that, that needle with this concept that you get to kind of filter your, your hand by giving up some losses and, and you also get to power up your aspects and increase your draw rate by going through a, 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 and, and making sacrifices. And I, and I thought that was appreciable. I, I, I think it's a good idea. Uh-huh. All right, so there you go. John, what would you say is your least favorite thing about With Great Power? Uh, I mean, we've mentioned it before, the whole fact that you don't get to actually <laughs> tell different stories, but my least favorite thing is what I mentioned before, the... The fact that you are the one that fucks up your own stuff in order to get more power, it it turns everything into a gameable thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, uh, I'm definitely not going to win this scene unless I do uh, like some nonsense with uh, like uh, I throw like i said like my mother under the bus or yeah literally throw your mama from the train no i got I, yeah. I, yeah or okay i have to you know i'm using my power aspect so mm-hmm. it has to get damaged in this scene in some way so like uh i've got a cold and now my spider powers are on the fritz yeah now i have a bravery aspect that i need to take damage too so i have to tell the villain to stop or my mom will shoot how is that a bravery aspect don't stop me from just working in mom movies yeah i'm gonna do bad moms next Okay. And then Mars needs moms. Mars does need moms. Mars needs moms, John. It's Mars true. needs moms, Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth, <laughs> send moms to Mars. And by that, I do mean the god. Mars needs moms. <laughs> Hera's not cutting it. <laughs> Wait, she's not Hera if he's Mars. She's uh, not Venus. I forget who she is in that situation. Because uh, she's the Roman version of whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is an interesting conversation. Let's 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 push forward, shall we? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. We're going to stay on this. We're going to stay on this until Hera, we. Hera is the Greek god name. What is the Roman god equivalent? Also, Hera. Is it also Hera? No, I don't. know. I don't think it is. I think it's something else, and I don't remember what it is. And people right now are real mad at us. Oh yeah. 
I, that was one of my very favorite tweets, which is <laughs> the closest you can come to knowing what it is like to be a ghost is listening to a podcast host not know a piece of trivia that you know. Yeah. <laughs> or you're just like, no, but I know this, and you cannot interact with them. <laughs> and by the time you tell them, it's too late and no one cares. No one cares. No one's ever been like, oh, thanks for telling me, because the moment I get off this podcast, I'm going to look that shit up. So if you start tweeting at me about it, any random person who constantly does that, know that I already know, and I don't care about your tweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you tell me who it actually is, know that I will have already known this. Yeah, I look shit up constantly. That's why I know so much trivia. It's weird when I don't know it, and I don't need your help. Anyway. My least favorite thing. No. Nah, oh, nah. keep going then. Keep nah, talking. So my least favorite thing is, is not remembering what the Roman version of Hera is. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It's the fact that it turns what would be a narrative function into a thing that you min-max. Yeah. Because then you don't care about it anymore in as much as you would care about it narratively. It becomes a thing where you're like, it's not a surprise it when also, something goes wrong. It's I decided a thing went wrong for power, and I'm trying to balance that out. There's also, I, I don't know if it, this is just me thinking this right now off the top of my butt, but it also does kind of encourage players to create an aspect that they don't give a shit about so they can try to devastate it. Uh. Like, oh, I have this aspect that I'm fueled by surge energy drink. I don't care if this one loses, but I'm going to keep trying to bring it up so I can lose points to it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it. it's just, it's bad. It becomes a gameable thing, and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So, Jeff, your least favorite thing. Uh, I'm going to say the whole scripting, inking, penciling thing, even though it's very, it really is just a long way to write out, describe what your character's going to do, and then discuss it with the group. It's so repetitive. It shows up like five times in this book because every aspect of the game is powered by that nonsense. Well, even in issue or parts of the book where it's like, scripting, uh, you probably already did this. Anyway, who cares? You're yeah. like, oh, we had to put all three in every single description, even when it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So the book has a lot of very samey elements that are consistently repeated throughout that I feel like was just a waste of time and reading effort. So I'm going to say that. I'm gonna, the, the fact that, like I mentioned earlier, when, when I was talking about how this game kind of combines all the fun of superhero drama with all the exciting drama of sitting around and playing Posoidos or Bridge or something, mm -hmm. that I don't like that, that this game kind of loses a little bit of the oomph of the story narrative. And, and I, I think we're both going to want to say that this book lacks the major thing that any supers game really needs, which is big, fun lists of powers. Yeah, that is fucking just one of the things that I love about superhero games is the big lists of powers. Mm -hmm. Now, I fucking love crunchy supers games because I love dicking around with superpowers and also having weird, like, randomly rolled powers that I then have to decide, okay... How does this make sense thematically? What can I turn this into as a hero? Yeah. Whereas this, powers are about as important as your Aunt May. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the fact that you know a guy on the Force is just as important as the fact that you're Superman. Yeah, that's true. And your powers are just, I don't know, what do you have? It doesn't matter. I could say I have the power to fucking shoot cheese whiz out of my nipples and it is going to be literally exactly as impactful as the guy who picked uh, i can transform molecules into anything i want it doesn't help that of the three characters that get introductions and powers throughout the course of the book they're pretty boring like i'm a cop made of rocks i'm a dude who punches good i can see through lies and i have justice beams and then the third guy actually is kind of interesting. He has like night, the panoply of night, I think it's called. It's it's the tapestry ah, of night. And okay. it's 
Just darkness power. Yeah, but he can use it like Spider-Man. He can pull on the sky and use it to swing around. Yeah, he just he can manipulate shadows to the point where he's like, I can swing on shadows and I can hit people with shadows. And yeah. I just got darkness power. He can take a moonbeam. No, uh, he can't. That's, oh, that's light. Right. That's light. <laughs> he can take the lack of a moonbeam. He can take the shadow from a moonbeam. <laughs> Sprinkle hit it. Hit you in the face. <laughs> punch you in the nuts and call you a little bitch. Yeah, it doesn't rhyme with because face. Because he's played by Nate. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nate plays the stalwart. No, he doesn't. That's Steven. Oh, is it? Nate okay. plays the fucking noir. Oh, he plays noir? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hated Nate and noir and I, I and the Bay City uh, mud flaps or whatever we were calling them. <laughs> That's, oh, I'm sorry. That's the team mascot for their their high school football team. They are the Bay City Informanauts. Yeah, that's that's our little group of heroes. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, would you play this? Ah, oh, fuck. I feel like this would be something I could play once mm-hmm. as a way to get into character for a different game. I feel like this might work pretty well as something you would play for like an AP podcast or something. Yeah, where you don't need dice on the table and it's very very free form. Uh, and, and well, the it, problem with an AP podcast of this is people. It's very much a game that shows you the gears. Yeah, and as you're playing, you're like, "Oh no, I know everything that's going to happen. It's got a five act structure. It's going to do this over and over again." And you know, it just for an AP, I feel like after you listen to two stories of this, you go, "Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I you're understand." A- you're absolutely right. You'd have to really stretch them out. But you play this like once, or as an exercise to get you ready to play a real game, huh? Yeah, like if I was going to play Heroes Unlimited, and I had already rolled up my character and everything, I could then say, okay, let's take those, the characters you made, put them into With Great Power, play one session of it, just so you do have a point where you're like, alright, in addition to my powers, I've come up with people I know and things that are important, and uh, say I have the aspect of never putting my phone down during a podcast. Ah. I would be like Jeff. <laughs> I'm doing something for the show. Yeah, sure you are. I, I absolutely am. Look, I'm looking at your screen, and it's just titties. <laughs> That's for it's the just show. It's justtitties.com. We just talked about our plan to change the show format so that we have more Howard Stern elements in it. <laughs> Welcome to justtitties.com. How can I help you? Folks, let us describe to you the titties that are in the room that we're in, because you can't see them, but we can. We're Shock Jock Radio hosts. Woo! Heck yeah. I'm going to throw hot dogs at the titties. <laughs> anyway... Yes, so I would play this as a way to flesh out a character in a better game. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, to the book's credit, I've looked. I I was trying to find a uh, PDF of this to send to you so that we could both read it at the same time. Yeah, and the only PDFs are of the next edition, and the next edition is like, hey, uh, we threw out literally everything from that previous edition. It's a new decade, and a lot of that shit is very two thousands. Hey, turns out. Nah, that was a bad idea. Turns so, out everyone realized that all we were doing was telling the same story over and over. I, I, so I think that I think the only thing they mentioned keeping from this edition is the thought bubble. <laughs> uh, so I so it, to their book's credit, I think the authors kind of also knew that this needed some work. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, for myself, I also would not really want to play this. Uh, thing is, there's a plethora of, if not great, at least super fun hero games. Yeah. Like, I, Heroes Unlimited is part of Palladium, which means the rules don't work and it's not that much fun to really play, but it is so much fun to make characters in. Oh, yeah. And Marvel Hero or Marvel superhero role-playing game is old and a dinosaur, and, and you cannot gain system uh, no, mastery no, of it. No, that phase rip shit is phase rip ridiculous. Is, yeah, it's insane to try and memorize how, the, how to play that game, but the power books, fucking blah, so good. Oh, yeah. And then, and then if you want an actual good modern superhero game, there's masks. Yeah, yeah. There's so. a bunch of things you can play, and like I said, this book is just sort of... 
the improv exercises you could do beforehand to get into character. Yeah. Now, uh, so I don't think I'd really want to play this, but it, it's not as offensive as some of the other games I've said no to. Yeah. Like, I would play this under duress, I guess. It wouldn't hurt. <laughs> All right? All right. <laughs> I'd play this like I'd visit the dentist. I know I have to. Ah! <laughs> Final thoughts, John. Uh, remember it's a, it's a new segment I'm just adding it right now surprise yeah this is my final thought remember to always be patient with your family <laughs> John I need about two minutes of final thought because I was doing something on my phone go <laughs> look I'm, I'm going to keep looking up titties on justtitties.com if you could give me about two minutes worth of time here I'll, I'm going to be in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> I'm uploading a new profile pic to our shared Twitter account I am not looking up titties <laughs> And I would be honest with you if I was, because I'm unashamed about that. Titties, I know. titties are great. <laughs> Everyone loves them. Everyone. Everyone loves titties. Uh, once again, thanks to, or for the first time, thanks to Jess at Angry Artist 113, I want to say on Twitter. I shouldn't be doing this on the fly for our brand new profile pic. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you sent it while a podcast was happening so that Jeff would be distracted and stop interrupting me. <laughs> Oh, you want to go ahead and talk uninterrupted, John? Uninterrupted? <laughs> you want to be girl interrupted? You want to do it? You want, you want to run the podcast? <laughs> you can be uninterrupted on your own goddamn show. I won't interrupt you on Movie Master. Okay, yes, I will. Yeah, you will. Constantly. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I could make my own show that you aren't on, and you would come bursting into the room like Kramer and be like, hey, let me tell you about a little something I heard about. <laughs> you do make a show I'm not on. I've never done that. Well, I don't make the show you're not on. Someone else makes the show you're not on. So you're saying if you were to make your very own podcast without me, I'd find yes, a way to be if on I it. If I were to make my very own personal cheese pizza podcast, uh -huh. then you wouldn't be on it, and then you would Except come I busting would in. <laughs> and then you wouldn't edit me out because you love my stupid asides and anecdotes. Yeah, I wouldn't edit you out because I'm too lazy to do so. <laughs> that's, that's why this show still works. <laughs> anyway, my final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Or you should check us out on Twitter and Facebook and <laughs> Gmail and Reddit and, and Bob's house and Bill's house. That, that's where the money is. <laughs> I have not seen that film, but I do appreciate the reference. Good. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're, we're System, system Mastery, mastery. Every, yeah. everywhere. Go every to, single where. Go anywhere you want as System Mastery. You'll find us. Google System Mastery. We come up fairly often in that situation. We got our it's, own Discord. We do. We can come talk to people and I just, us. I just retweeted the uh, the permanent link to it because it keeps falling off our Twitter because permanency is not permanent. Uh, apparently. Oh, apparently. Thank you, Entropy, for that. So come find us on our Discord and talk to us. Otherwise, support us on our Patreon. Come on. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Hell yeah, we're about to make characters for this. We got three good levels of bonus content and several more levels of even better uh, bonus content, which is at the $1 level, you get the bonus content for this show right here. At the $2 level, you also get the stuff for Star Wars shows that we do. And at the $5 level, you unlock our special Afterthought, a monthly show where we do exactly what we're doing right now, but without a role-playing game to, to use as a crutch. <laughs> We've got no glue. We are just all over the place. It's just off the rails. I am checking my phone a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. There's a lot of phone checking. A lot. That's more, way more titties. Guys, please give us $5 so that you can listen to us check our phones. <laughs> that's the premium level content I mean, that we bring to you. To be fair, just listening to Movie Mastery is listening to us tell a report of a time where we checked our phones. <laughs> Let me tell you about this time. I was checking my phone. Guys, I watched 
a talking cat, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was on my phone for all of it. And by that I mean, <laughs> I occasionally glanced up from my phone at a talking cat. <laughs> That's not true. I never get my phone out. That's also not true. I was going to say, you have your phone out pretty regularly. You usually just kind of one hand playing some Marvel fight game or something. Ooh, Marvel fight game. <laughs> and after that, you have the sex. <laughs> Uh. Patreon.com slash System Mastery, SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, we always assumed that he was a man with spider powers. But what if he was a spider with man powers? He's eating those pigeons. He's eating them. And what would be next? It could be us. Uh, I don't know who thought of the decision to turn jo- Jameson into a podcaster on that in that game. but Turning, it was a- turning Jameson into fucking Alex Jones was the best thing they ever did. That was a brilliant decision. Way better than what they did to poor Screwball. Aw, Screwball. All right. Thank you so much for listening and have a good week. 